What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I hate average podcasts. Back with another week, another episode. I'm your host, Jay Jacobs. Um, I'm happy to talk to you guys again. Um, it's been a lot going on this, with the country and uh, our culture and communities. It's really, really a lot. Um, so I haven't really been in the mood to record. That's why uh, this episode is coming out a couple weeks late. Uh, it's just been so much. Um, just trying to like really process everything that's going on and trying to figure out where things are going because it's very very confusing but um i probably want to get into that maybe another episode just want to get my thoughts together and really uh process through and give uh some value on that um but of course rest in peace to george floyd and all the others that's um been victims over the last month or so um it's really been rough but um on a not a lighter note but on another note i want to thank you guys for your continued support of the podcast of course you could always rate review subscribe on apple and spotify and all of your podcasting uh platforms um also Check out, check out, um, check out the website, averagej.com. We have more content coming on the website. Also, I want you to go on the website so you can get on the email list. You need to be on the email list. Definitely going to bring some value to you. Um, where else can you find us? Of course, you can find us on all social media. I hate average podcasts on Instagram, but, um, so this episode we recorded a couple weeks ago, so we um, had a general discussion on COVID-19 and some uh, political issues and cultural issues, but the events uh, with the protest and the murder of George Floyd, we recorded this previously, and so just that's why we're not talking about it. I know we're having such a political discussion. We got Professor P on the, on the podcast this week. And, you know, he's very opinionated. And we usually like to get into politics and cultural things. But we recorded this before the event. So that's why we're not touching on that. But I do want to get him on. And I would like to touch on this because I think this is serious. And I would like to get his point of view. But, um check out the website check out the uh, episode we talked about the last dance uh we talked about COVID-19 and where the country should be going and lord knows he wasn't expecting this but um it's just a cool interesting perspective that we gave and i hope you guys enjoy it i'll talk to you guys later professor p back again I'm excited. Yo, yo. What's going on? Back in action, man. Good to see you, man. Sorry for the long hiatus. Uh, no problem, but, man. Um, it seems like I brought a friend with me, too. Coming up in a little while, we'll be hearing from. Yeah, man. Um, so what's up? How are you doing? How's everything with you? Just try, try, trying to deal with this, trying to, to understand what's going on. Um, um, at first, I was a little scared. I was like, wait, what? You know, is the world ending? Is everybody about to die? Is the half the population going to be gone? 
but as things went on, I'm kind of seeing uh, some of the games, so I'm just going along for the ride right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a serious thing. I mean, no one's making any light of it. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. But it yeah, seems yeah. to affect senior citizens more than everyone else, but that everyone's huddled up home. Yeah. So I just, I just don't see the sensibility of how they want to work this. And I guess, you know, one of the things that's pretty obvious is that, you know, adults are, can't be trusted at times to follow rules. So you know, the moment the government lets people out, there's 80 people sitting right next to each other. And then, yeah. of course, they didn't tomorrow. They did in Cali. They do it. So people got to just be smart. When you go out, respect the rules so that the government lets you go where you want to go, um, which is really retarded even saying this. And that, that's that's not an issue. Yeah, that's not an issue. Oh, man. They, they shit it on the Constitution for them. Yeah. The Constitution but is the trampled, thing, man, in many but, ways. But it bothers I'm not going to say what it bothers me because people was afraid. But like you said, they trampled on the Constitution and people kind of told them to. People kind of wanted Trump and governors and said they people are were happy that things were shut down because they were well, yeah, well, well well also I mean I mean you know obviously politically speaking the Democrats are happy everything shut down in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, anything that hurts Trump is great for them. That's just their whole mentality. Yeah. I mean I remember listening to Bill Maher one time and he was like, I hope there's a recession. So he helps people lose wow. their jobs so he could so he could feel better about his political situation, which is pretty silly but you know that's how elitists talk at times but can, i just want to interject one thing i want to get back with the topic because yeah. me and you had a whole i'm sorry to do this to you yeah, yeah, yeah. you had a whole football season talk yeah and that shit was settled and yeah. my man killed that shit mr mahomes that's why <laughs> i told right, you man. that was my dude and i loved yeah. him and he came through for me not i'm, yeah. a, I'm a casey fan no you know i'm not I got to root for someone, goddammit. it. That's true. <laughs> and also, I want to say that the kid from Baltimore had a great year, too. What did you think of the NFL season since me and you had all those wages and, you know, we uh, did all those picks? Uh, no, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I was a little surprised uh, Baltimore didn't really show up in the playoffs like I thought mm-hmm. they were. They had a great regular season. But Mahomes, Mahomes did his thing. I didn't – honestly, yeah. I didn't pick them to win it because I thought that Andy Reid was going to find a way to lose, but uh, <laughs> they won. Hey, but, you know, my friend's a big San Fran fan, and uh, he said so does the so does the coach for San Fran. Mm, uh, that's true. You're right. But, you're right. For Atlanta. he pointed out to me that I forgot that he was the offensive coordinator and Atlanta's great collapse. Exactly. You just he's find like, a, you find a way to lose. You just find a way. <laughs> so he's always up by a lot. He, uh, but but yeah. but in fairness to him, I mean the Atlanta thing was a little different. We're not, we're not gonna go way way back in time. In yeah. fairness to him in this bowl, you know I think Casey woke up a little too the second half. I felt maybe they came in a little too flipped up. True. And I really felt like uh, because if you watch the individual battles on the front line, the offensive line, defensive line, Casey was winning those battles. Well, in the first half, they didn't win any of those battles. They were winning them in the second half, you know, which led yeah. to – and, of course, I think also um, that uh, Garoppolo is sort of highly overrated, man. I mean, I don't – I mean, I I'm so. not saying he didn't play good. He got his wins, but they play a running game. He doesn't have to do much. The moment he had to put the ball, it wasn't looking good for them. That's true. That's true. Hey, Garoppolo, he, he, like I said, he is overrated. Um, and But his numbers in the regular season, it kind of – it didn't show that. It showed that he was one of the greatest. But when you come to the playoff, they really leaned on their running game. It was crazy. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, you know, a better word than underrated is unproven. He has mm-hmm. to do it. He has to show it. You know what I'm saying? He looks good. Mm-hmm. And he definitely has a lot of potential. But, you know, like you said, there's games you got to win. So 
take that step. And he definitely did not take that step. Yeah. Um, and, you know, something else, one of my friends was pointing out to me, you know, one of the most uh, saddest things about this draft that came up was that Paul Aaron Rodgers, man, like, maybe they draft no one for this guy. Like, how do they expect this guy? I don't expect this guy to win. They don't try to get any good players around. It's very strange, man. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I, 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 honestly, I think I think Aaron Rodgers. They kind of, I think he. It might be bad blood inside the the building, and I think management is not really a fan of him right now. So I think they might be easing him out. I think so. All right. Yeah. Because you know they got no one for him. I was yeah, like, I think I think that was intentional. I think they're trying to ease him out. They know the fan base. If you just say I'm getting rid of Aaron Rodgers, the fan base is going to be up in arms. But if you make him uncomfortable and make him leave on his own, then I think that's what they try to do. That's true. Yeah. All right. Now switching topics to the NBA. Yeah. Oh, do I feel bad for LeBron James this year? Because he might have got a ring. I mean, he still can. They're still trying <laughs> to figure out a way. <laughs> they trying to uh, figure out know, a way. I'm not saying he can't get when he gets back. I'm not saying because. I mean, the way I look at it, him and Anthony Davis seems to be the best one-two punch in basketball. I mean, the way I look at it, um, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, sometimes you got that window open. This is and window. sometimes it closes, man, and you don't know next year. Anthony Davis sprained his ankle and he's out half the season. You don't get, you get a good yeah. – I'm just saying, like, right now the stars were aligned for Or Yeah, and teams – It really start- looked like he was going to get a ring this year to me. You thought so? You didn't think that uh, – you didn't, you didn't believe in uh, the Clippers? Well, the, the, one or the other. Yeah. One or the other. I, I really felt uh, I'm, I'm really not big on Milwaukee. You know, hmm. the Sixers, we suck this year. I guess Boston. I don't see anyone in the East of these teams coming out and beating either Lakers or the Clippers at the, yeah. at the present moment. Uh, uh, I could change my mind if they make trades. Who sees what comes happen? Um, but uh, I really felt those were the best two teams was the Clippers and the Lakers, if you really look at the season. So I felt they were going to go uh, – it's almost like the Western Conference Finals was going to be the NBA championship to me. Yeah, exactly. Rich is in. What's going on, Rich? We got him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm cheating. I'm cheating right now. Nah, that's what you do. Do what you got to do, man. You got to do. You gotta do it, man. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. How's it going, man? All right. Can't complain. That's cool. That's cool. Right, so we've cool. we, we been, we been uh, updating, like, how things been going on with this. This uh, Corona quarantine thing, you know, how how you been with this? With this, uh, working every day, man. Okay, that's <laughs> he's like, I'm not quarantined. That's, that's a, I mean, that's a good thing, though. That's a good thing. It's better than most <laughs> Americans right now, so that's a great thing. When when you work, Rich, you have to wear the uh, face mask. Yes. Mm. Anything else that they mandate you guys to do, or we're not mandated to do anything. It's just that it's hard to get compliance. If you ask, if you're walking around and you have all these people, uh, excuse me, officer, you shouldn't have a face mask on. Wow. So <laughs> gotcha. We all just wear it. Okay. Now, do you have to say, uh, uh, like, you have to follow, if you're arrested, someone has that work because you do want to keep some type of social distance. Do they give you any, any uh, like, ideas what to do with that or do you guys are on your own? Listen, you know how some organizations work. They don't give you That's directions. Saying, you're on your own, right? Yeah, you're they, don't, saying, they don't give you directions on purpose. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. They don't want that shit in your post. This is what the yeah. police officers have to do. Exactly. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's, let's get into these topics, man. We got going on. So we just was talking about uh, how we how we've been dealing with with the quarantine, but uh, 
So what do you what are you guys thinking about the lockup? Do you do you, are you agreeing with it? Uh, do you think that it should be in the federal government's hands, or you, do you think it should go in local and county by county or city by city? It should be decided. What what you guys think about it? Start with Mitch. What you think, man? Um, I think ultimately the decision is up to the governor of the respective states. Mm. I think uh, Governor Cuomo is on the right track where he's trying to coordinate with the regional governors so that you don't have a mass exodus of people going from New York to Connecticut or from New York to Jersey or something like that. So the tri-state area has to have the same rules. Mm. I feel what you think, Pete? Um, well, yeah, I, I think the convention's right, um, except I think state by state. I want to do uh, kind of region by region, I think it's state by state. Um, and yeah, uh, they have to do these scientific models to a certain extent, because the science has been wrong really bad, as we all know. They've changed their stats, the WHO, the CDC, our government has changed their stats over and over and over, told you different stuff. So, you know, I guess they have to be really precautious about it, but I, I assume that going outside is better than everyone staying inside. Now, people have to do social distancing, but keeping everyone inside in the end is not a good idea. I just yeah. don't see it in a good idea because you can't build up any antibodies. That you can't build up any immunity to this thing by staying away from it. The way you actually um, end, end these type of epidemics is by getting herd immunity, which is like 60% of the population gets the, the, um, the antibodies or gets exposed to the virus in some way or another. Because remember, not everyone gets exposed is going to get sick. Some people yeah. are just going to take it. Now they get other people sick. Those people, you all know, they're carriers. But um, and it just sucks for old people. That's my thing. I really feel bad. I mean, I really feel bad for senior citizens, man, because it would be a while before they can really f- move around fleeing our society, where young people might be able to still do a few things that they're really going to be scared to do or not just not want to do. It's true. Um, to me, to, this is my opinion, and it's just what the way I've been perceiving it. I. I think it's kind of a, I don't want to say it's a game because it's very serious, but I think it's going longer than I think it should have been. Um, the initial action was to have everyone stay home so they can flatten the curve so they don't overload hospitals or, or you know, medical care. That was done. I, feel, I believe that the curve is flattened and I think that we have enough supplies and we have enough uh ability within the, the hospital care to, to deal with it if there's a rising up. And I think things should just slowly start getting back to normal. That's that's just the way I, I feel. I just think New York's the exception because of the subway system. That's mm-hmm. to be really hard to mitigate, man. Or, or uh, I, mean, stick I think that's what makes you hit the hardest, one of the reasons why it hit so hard in the first place, I believe, because oh. of the subway system, because so many people use that to go to and from work. Or what about the keep the mask system? I think uh, right now you can't get on a bus or a train without wearing a mask. I would just implement the mask system and, and have people do, going about their business. But when you go into the public transportation or when you go into certain stores, you got to wear a mask. And who's supposed to enforce this? I mean, I, I, it would... <laughs> To me, I, I've been seeing people voluntarily complying. It's been a lot of uh, compliance. I think people, I've been following the rules. People, use, you know, whenever you go inside of a store, people put on their mask. I haven't been in any stores where people haven't had on masks. So I think people are just voluntarily just complying. Um, and plus, as a law enforcement 
And on that aspect, people are kind of a little bit compliant because the weather hasn't really broke. Once it's getting 80 for a week or 90, it's all hell's going to break loose anyway. So I think instead of having, yeah. instead of having these stringent rules, you know, kind of ease back and, uh, and, and let people just know when you go inside of uh, uh, subway cars and when you go on a bus, you just got to put on a mask. I just, I just think that um, I think people are people. I might have people panicking, they're scared, but soon people get back to a routine. And you'll yeah, watch, second, guys. No yeah, you'll watch the trains by September. People have no mask on. Fifty people in the car. <laughs> this is the way I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe that. I people got, lose. I got a little bit lose, of faith. You know, they get scared. Then after they get stopped, get scared. Then and I just think that's <laughs> one thing the government's worried about is they don't want yeah. you doing that. By the way, they want you still. You know, you could do what you got to do without doing that. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, but I mean, I was watching TV. It's really funny with the Blasio. Where was it? Was once always people arrested because the thing that the bars doing is letting people hang on the on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, I, saw, I saw that. Yeah. Once the weather breaks, people are gonna do. People are gonna be people, and this not yeah. have these rules. That's. I don't think the police should be fighting people for trying to have a good time. That's. The, it's other things to worry about. I think. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. That, that's yeah. funny, and 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 I just think that people in the end won't follow rules, and that's why that's what it comes. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, just look at Miami. Was Miami? No, it was a. Uh, I know Cali, they opened the beach and there was 100,000 people there, guys. They were, they were, yeah, they were respecting true. no rules. There was like, they thought there was no virus anymore. That's how they were acting. That's what I think is going to be. Probably can't get that right away. I guess if you're young, maybe you can. <laughs> yeah. But definitely if you're like 70 years old, you wouldn't do acting like that. Of course. You no, know, yeah. that's who this has really been the most, you know, deadly to people, obesity, diabetes, um, hypertension, yeah. and um, heart disease. That's why it's killed a lot of people in the Bronx, a lot of seniors in the Bronx. Yeah. Besides the fact that... Um, a lot of asthma in the Bronx. Cuomo so. fucked up. Sorry, Rich, to talk about your boy. But, uh, uh. <laughs> no, he did. He, the one thing Cuomo fucked up with, and I, I think Cuomo did okay, but the one thing Cuomo fucked up with is he made that rule where you have to take COVID patients into old age homes. And mm. it, it, guys, it, 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 it obliterated. It's wiped people. out, yeah, wiped out. Nursing yeah, it wiped wasn't, out. that was, and he, you know, I didn't, he didn't do it on purpose. Mm. Obviously, no one does anything. I don't take any of these politicians to be murderers. They just make bad decisions sometimes. And I think one of the things that's happened to us also is all these politicians are scared of getting bodies. Mm. They want, oh, you did this. Oh, 10,000 people died. So <laughs> it's they're true. like, oh. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's tough. So let's let's talk about this is my biggest fear and I don't wanna use I don't wanna sound like Trump because I'm not I'm not like like a big Trump supporter. I'm not that but you gotta also think about the economic repercussions of this lockdown. It, at some point you're gonna to have to open up. Um because you you're trying to save lives or you're trying to save these communities. But at some point, you're going to be hurting more than you're helping, and you're you're saving lives. But what what are they? What kind of life are they going to have once you know that's saved? So you want to Rich? talk about? Yeah. Well, who do you think is hurting right now? Um, right now I think it's hurting everybody. I think it's hurting everybody. Um, I think that it hasn't. 
it's not going to really hit until I say two months after everything opens up because, you know, a lot of small businesses, you know, they haven't, you know, they haven't even announced that they're closed for good. Now it's going to be so many small businesses that that are closed for good that we don't even know about. There's going to be so many people that's unemployed. They don't even know they're unemployed right now because the job they think they do have that think they're going to go back to is not going to be there. I think that's part of the issue because, you know, they rolled out this uh, paycheck protection program. Yeah. That's a, for, the, for like a lot of these businesses so that they can uh, keep the payroll what it's supposed to be. Yeah. But a lot of these businesses saw it as a chance to actually get ahead. And what they did is they laid everybody off anyway. So the mm. people that they laid off went and filed for unemployment. So they get the, you know, the $400 regional statewide unemployment and then the 600 federal unemployment, you know? So, but then this company, what are they doing with the money that was supposed to be going on the payroll? Yeah. But this, that's, that's the, that's the big companies. But I'm talking about like the mom and pop shops, like those coffee shops, like people who, they do have a couple of dollars, but they run businesses and they have maybe like 20 to 30 employees. And yes, they were able to get this plan and they are able to give people paychecks, but they are not able to pay the rent on those places that they, that they have. Um, the restaurants are going to close. A lot of bars are going to close. A lot of gyms, you know, boutique gyms are going to close. It's a lot of things that, that stuff that we don't even think about. There's just not going to be there anymore. This is true. Yeah, and those those places also <coughs> close all the time. Yeah. Bars and gyms are one of those toughest things to open up. I mean, yeah. So imagine, so imagine, you know, imagine. No, it's going to be tough. No it's income, tough. Yeah. The only thing that is good that 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 we can hope for, you know, is that people are money going to want to make money when they get back. So eventually, some jobs will open up. We can't yeah. guarantee it's going to be the same it was because it was definitely a good economy before it went down. So. I'll need to reach back up to that, you know, right yeah. away. It's going to take a long time to get back to that, you know. Anyway. But um, people do want to make money, so hopefully, people want to invest money back up and you know open up businesses if if they lost their business eventually. Yeah. True. Well, so I I think so far what we what we've been seeing uh, on a government level, especially politically, is that they're using the trickle down economic effect, and so far it's really not working. No. You know, it's where you give money to the big guys and you just hope that that money is going to trickle down into the rest of the economy. Yeah. You know, if you really think about it, they've given billions to these corporations to keep them afloat. Uh, you know, these uh, small business, well, medium-sized businesses, I should say. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they're just hoping that the rest of this money is going to trickle down into the economy. What about getting the stimulus package together from the ground up? Well, we had one already. $1,200. $1, Come on, you put me in a Nike store for a couple hours, $1,200 is gone. We're not supposed to buy Nikes, Rich. You're supposed to buy food. Right? <laughs> You're not supposed to buy Nikes. No, but the problem is, you talk about a lot of these businesses that are going to go under. A lot of these businesses are, that are going to go under, mom and pop stores, everybody's not the bodega. Everybody's not the Gucci Frito on the corner. Right. If you can't sell food, you're fucked right now, of course. Yeah. You know, food is the is the least of the worries right now as far yeah, as the right. way the government is reaching out and, 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 and providing like different programs to make sure that people are eating. 
You know what I'm saying? But if you're talking about stimulizing the economy and getting things moving and getting the exchange of goods and services, you have to give the money directly to the people. Mm. Yeah, but you want to give it to them. I'm going to give it to them now, though, because we're going to do it. I wait to, look, I, I think, I'm personally speaking, that's a good idea, but let's do it when these stores are open. Don't, exactly. don't give people $200 now when they're doing it now. They really can't do anything with it. So maybe a few months from now, like you're talking about, Rich, when you do want to get this shit moving, yeah, let's give everyone that got that first round, give a second round out. Maybe even give more if you can. I don't know if you can, but, but do it when they can actually go out and spend the money. Like right now, this is just to pay your rent and pay food. You're not really going to, it's not like you said, Rich, that's not going to make the economy. So hopefully they do it later on when we're, I don't know, it's July, whatever, when things are, because New York should be a little bit more open by July also by then. But I know by July, there's other states, you know, Georgia's and Florida, they should be almost at full speed ahead by then if there's no other outbreaks, I guess. Because I'm, I'm trying to figure out to ask the different governors, Cuomo, or all the governors that's in the tri-state area, what, are they, what do they want to see before they open up? Because people are just been in the house for the last three months. Like, what do they expect to change that's going to say, all right, we can open up now? Like, what, what else? How much more time do you need? And what are you looking for? And I don't they're think follow the federal guidelines. Those federal guidelines are something, I don't, I don't really know them. I'm not going to say that. I don't like remember them. But one of the, the guidelines. First guidelines the first guidelines of, was to flatten the curve. We did that. The curve is flat. That's why we all stayed in the house. No, but statistically speaking, they got these stats. Like, you have a certain amount of people. You have to have a decrease by a certain amount every day, whatever. And some, some places in New York City aren't actually statistically speaking. So I guess some of the governors are a little hesitant to go against the stats. Now, you have some red state governors, governors. They go against the stats. They don't even care. But some yeah. of these other governors are scared to go into the stats because you don't want to have, like I said, a disaster when they say it's your fault. Yeah. Well, well, let's just look at some of the facts. And we don't have many when it comes to this uh, epidemic, but one of the facts is- <laughs> That's true. You can catch it again. Yeah. Having it the first time doesn't mean that you've developed an immunity to it. So you can catch it again and you can pass it off again, right? Uh, the second thing is, and, and I think I, I've seen this uh, from a leadership standpoint, New York doesn't want to be at the forefront. You know, let some of these other places that are that are experimenting as far as like Wuhan, uh, China, and um, and like places like Sweden, who's doing the herd uh, immunity thing. You know, let them be the forefront. Let's just buy time and see what happens with with, with their research and, and with their experiments. Because the problem is, we're so condensed. We're the only place like this. Yeah. yeah, besides Wuhan. Well, <laughs> the reason why I don't count Wuhan is because, you know, they pull these things a little different out there. Yes. You know, yes. as far as freedom of speech and, and, and government involvement in your right. everyday life. We you know that's so, a bullshit. You know, those, those government sides are completely Exactly. Bullshit. So let's just let, let it play out in the rest of the world. Like, that's let's smart. look at what Italy is doing. Let's, let's, you know, before we sit there and become the forefront of it. Well, I think, I think one of the things that, that has gone well uh, is the, federal, the federalism, you know? The fact that we do have 50 states with 50 governors that all run their own state. That is actually a good thing because you don't want the federal government telling you what they don't know counties and they don't know yeah. how people live and like you're saying population density, all these things that governors actually understand about states. The federal government has no clue about that stuff. So it's much better letting these governors run their states 
And I think you got 50 experiments, Rich. Just like you said, we can use our states as experiments too. Some of the states that have done better than New York because obviously no one travels to them. See, like, one of the like things that you forget about is or something like that. we got killed because we have tourism. So people came from all over <laughs> and they brought the virus to us. And then they went in the fucking tubes and they got yeah. us. And then we got out the tubes, we came home and well, that's what's all over. Do you know one of the biggest places that got hit was in Queens? And that's because Queens had the Chinese people coming back. Remember when Trump cut the, the trial for China off, he couldn't stop American citizens coming back. A lot of people don't realize that. So yeah. 40,000 Chinese came home. Yeah. A whole bunch went to Queens, and Queens was just decimated with the wow. coronavirus. And my sister told me a funny story where one of the kids just walked right in school. And the principal called my sister superintendent in Queens. The principal called her friend. What do I do? She said, what do you do? You send them home. What do you mean, what do you do? Exactly. <laughs> it's the government rules. He got to go home, but the kid walked into school. So what yeah. I'm telling you guys is many people do not self-quarantine. Yeah. They just walked around. But how many, how many lives are expendable? Like, what, what, like, how many lives can we say? All right, what's an acceptable number? To me, one life is too many. Yeah, I know. There is no acceptable number, but what are you going to do in this pandemic? Also, be realistic. It's like going to war expecting no casualties. I mean, it's, so, it's, I mean, you're right. There is no one wants anyone to die, especially. You know, it's easy for me to say. I don't know anyone. I mean, a few people in my. And I'm not close, but you know, if my dad died, I'm sure I'd be thinking totally different about this coronavirus, yeah. you know. So, you know, but definitely speaking, though, you know, you're right, and there is no acceptable number. But once you got it, then you do have to do some weird statistical anomaly and hope you only have this amount, you know, this weird stuff they come up yeah. with. I'm glad they were wrong. They said 250,000. Hopefully, they're wrong. Yeah, I think they're 100% wrong. Um, like you said, which well, is it's gonna great. keep growing though. What is it, 80, 90? It's gonna keep growing though. No, it's, it's gonna, gonna keep grow the It started though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna grow. Um I say I say about hundred and fifty by the end of the year. Yeah, like I can see something like that. It ain't gonna stop now though. No, 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 no. Because it's still about a hundred every day in New York. I think like a hundred people. hundred every day in New York? Yeah, I believe so. Before oh. this was Yeah. Now I get Sorry, it. Richard. I get this it. Was, before this was happening. Uh, daily, it was 20 to 30 people dying in New York of various ailments, conditions before this whole epidemic. 20 to 30 people. While this is going on, at one point, that number reached 800, 900. Didn't one day they get to 13 or something like that? I thought New York State, they got to 13 one day. What I know, it was at 900 one day. You know, and that's just a conservative estimate. Yeah. You know, and and I think that that's that's something to really look at. Yeah. Let's talk about um, not preventative, but let's talk about some things that that kind of help avoid things like. I know you wanted to talk about eating to live, Rich. So you you wanted to let's talk about that. How people can kind of better their lives for for times like these. Well, I think uh, one of the biggest problems is uh, pre-existing conditions. Mm -hmm. And we see that uh, that's one of the components when dealing with this virus that, that's creating you know, a lot of deaths. So pre-existing conditions come from obviously obesity, you know, uh, which leads to like a lot of respiratory problems, circulatory problems, you know, asthma and stuff like this.
you know, and when you really look at it, like, especially the way that I grew up, obesity is, is a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is as a family, you know, the family concept, we have to learn to portion our, our sizes, you know, as far as when we eat it. You know, I, I had the grandmother too that stacked your plate up and you couldn't leave the table until all the food was gone. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's just what it was. That's how it was in her generation. That's how it was going to be in this generation. You know, but we, we have to kind of change. You know, and, and then with, with the, the excess of uh, comfortability, how everything is so accessible, we have to learn to exercise. You know, it's not like before where people had to walk five, six blocks to the bus stop or, or, or to the train stop or, or different things like that. You know what I'm saying? So they were getting those steps and they was they was doing the aerobic activity. Now it's not like that. I think that's one of the one of the first starts. Mm. Diet and exercise. That's true. That's true. Anything Definitely. you want to add to that, Pete? Anything you want to add? Yeah, no, I think that's a, a really good point, especially as Texas minorities more. I mean, that's what you see in the stats in New York. I mean, you know, you see in those neighborhoods um, where predominantly minorities live. And it really went through what's bad because um, I think part of the Hispanics, I think, have the same problem as African Americans. Ours is a little different. Mars is more uh, for diabetes, um, where you know African Americans are more affected by hypertension through diet. But we have the same thing—a poor diet. Um, Hispanic people, so we'll just say minorities in general, and it does lead to these things of hypertension and um, you know uh, diabetes. And uh, I think sometimes. Which is right. We minorities tend to wait till you get sick to go to a doctor rather than try not to get sick to go to a doctor. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, true, you know, true. you could avoid going to a doctor by eating right and exercising. So I think definitely COVID showed definitely a lot. You know, I was reading the Bronx, too. the Bronx was decimated by in certain neighborhoods, and they said it was most of it was through obesity, um, uh, diabetes. 80% uh, of the people that went under ventilators had diabetes died. I don't, oh I don't know what the connection of that is yet you know but that's a pretty bad stat yeah, um and uh hypertension so you know i've had blood pressure so those are things that affect minorities in a higher rate than other people in our country so you know we really got decimated in, in this COVID thing i think rich is a really good point but we have to try more preventive stuff and i guess it does start in the home you know because you know but i mean it's funny because Hispanic culture, you know, the moment someone gets upset, your grandma must have put food in front of your face. <laughs> you eat comida, comida, comida. Giving you a place of writing beans and chicken and you eat that shit because it's good. But you definitely don't want to make habits where you're eating for emotional reasons. You're yeah. eating to, for, for, for energy and for sustenance. You know what I'm saying? You're not eating because you feel upset about something. That's the, the worst time to ever eat. Oh, cool. I was, I was speaking with, with, a, with a, a doctor one time because she was dealing with, because uh, I, I, I work with kids and she was having a problem with one of, the, one of the students and she was saying how certain kids, even though they're sick, um, and it's just a mentality that people have, they want to have control over something. So sometimes people, you're poor, you, don't, it's, you can't control, you can't go on vacation. There's certain bills you can't control, you can't pay. So the one thing that they can control is what they eat. So they eat for pleasure because that's the only way of pleasure, which is it's a sad way of thinking. That sometimes that's why a lot of people in all communities eat the way they do because that's their, their only source of pleasure and the only thing they can control. Interesting point. But you know, I, I, even like, that's, that's definitely true. 
but we have to educate ourselves Absolutely. because it's a reason why little Debbie is the cheapest snack at the bodega. Yeah. You know, it, it's a reason why those corn chips are a dollar, but, but those whole grain, you, you know, uh, sun chips is three ninety nine or four ninety nine. It's a reason, mm. you know, we have to start educating ourselves and, and changing that up because I, I don't even be like that. But if you go to certain neighborhoods, there are no little Debbie snacks. That's true. No, you go to the rich neighborhood, the grocery stores, the fruits and vegetables in the first market. It's, uh, it's made like that on purpose. Yeah. You know, if, also if quality meats, like the, the quality meats that some of us get is way lower quality, you know? Yes. And you don't realize that you could think you're eating a good piece of meat, but it's high and fat and tastes great though, don't get me wrong, but it's just, <laughs> the quality's not really, you know, there. Yeah. And you don't realize over time you're, you're doing damage to yourself eating, you know, low quality meats over a long period of time. And like we said, these all these things, you know, and uh, also like let's face it, they market like everything to the, to minorities, you know, everything is marketed to minorities, everything that's like horrible for you, Burger King, this that, well, you know, this is what they want us to eat, and you know, it's kind of funny because that's not so expensive now. I don't know why they, eat. I don't know why poor people can't even afford that shit. Sometimes I look, <laughs> me and my son went; it was costing twenty dollars in White Castle. I was like, I never saw twenty dollars in White Castle day in my life. <laughs> well. Well, part of the problem is uh, the most expensive thing in the poorest neighborhoods are the healthy foods. So yes. If you, if you look, <laughs> yes. you want to get fresh spinach or, or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. Organic. That word organic oh, is God. a dollar extra for everything. <laughs> Man, listen, <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's, yeah. it's the biggest scam because there's no governing body that decides if something is organic or not. Mm. No, I know. It's not like, like with kosher products where they have to go before a certain board to prove that their product is kosher. Mm. For anybody to slap organic on anything. Yeah. It's true. It's tough. That's Snapple fat. No, 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 definitely. definitely. I, I agree with 100%. that too. But there's a lot of stuff like that. Though. You know. Uh, so, what so, I tell people is there's a real, you know they say it's a thing to love and hate? Mm-hmm. Real thin line between lies and truth in advertising. They stretch words and they make you think things and the way, way they word things is in a way to fool you, to make you believe you're getting something and I'll give you a perfect example. They'll say something like Cheerios is 10 grams of uh, protein per cup. No, it's not. When you put the milk in it, it's, it's, it, then it's 10 grams. Now, once you put the milk in it, now it's fatty. So all those statistical stuff they gave you that told you it's a healthy little food, now it's not as healthy as it is once you add the milk. So stuff like that, but they don't tell you, tell you that until you read the fine print. You think, oh, I got 10 grams of protein from eating my Cheerios. You also got extra stuff too. They make fat and other stuff because they didn't tell you you have to add the milk to get the 10 grams of protein. So just <laughs> stuff like that is ways in ways. Also, if you notice, a lot of these companies try to sell stuff in boxes that look similar. So you think you're grabbing something, you're grabbing something else. You go home and you read, you're like, that's not what I thought it was. And it's like, Sometimes a generic brand that's all fat and bad stuff in it, not the you know the, the brand you actually wanted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Absolutely true. So it's all the game, but let's get a little lighter because uh, it we we could go all night about this lockdown and economic inequality, but let's go a little lighter because we haven't had sports. Usually, me and Pete talk about sports. We haven't had sports. But uh, it's been an interesting documentary that the, the country's been watching, Last Dance and Michael Jordan. And it has invigorated another conversation 
who's the real GOAT. So I, I just want to know what you guys think. I know what Pete thinks. I know what Pete thinks. But Rich, what do you think about the, the GOAT conversation, LeBron? Rich knows what I think too. We've had this argument before. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I agree with Michael Jordan where he says that, you know, it's it's not fair to compare players from different eras who mm. played under different rules, you know, different yes. economics, different diets, different training regiments. You know, I I think uh they know, well, we know for a fact that Miami, the Miami Heat, when Pat Riley got there, the first thing that he changed was no more commercial flights. Mm. They flew private jet every time, you know? And that's a big difference as far as how much sleep you're actually going to get. Because now I'm not trying to run to this plane at one o'clock in the morning. The plane leaves when we get there. You know, little things like that makes a difference. We're talking about players six five, six six, sitting in these cramped, you know, seats with their knees all cramped up and everything. These little things make a difference. So, I, like I said, I agree with Michael Jordan when he says that you shouldn't compare players from other eras. But to answer the question, of course, I believe Mike is the goal. All right. <laughs> the problem that me and Pete have is that I believe LeBron is second, a close second. <laughs> okay, I mean, I, I can't be a close second, but, um, you know, I'd like to throw someone else in there before I throw this guy in there. Maybe, maybe Will or something. You know, I, I, See? I'm not See? a LeBron. What I tell you? I'm not, LeBron, I'm not LeBron hater or See? anything. But, but none of us but seen Le- Le- Will play, though. None of us seen Will play, so we can't, we can't throw Will in there. Oh, look, I, I didn't see Will play. Michael, obviously, you know, I didn't see Will play. Um, but yeah. I, me and my son watching all these videos on him, so I've seen a lot of the games he was in. I've seen a lot of moves he had to see and I heard stuff and people talk about it. I'm just saying, I, I'm a little more impressed with what I've ever been after watching this thing. And the argument actually in the video tape we're watching was, this guy's saying Will's better than Jordan. This is the argument. So it sounds like, oh, this guy says either Will's better than Jordan. Let's <laughs> check this one out. Okay, let's check it out. He had some good points. I mean, he had some valid points why Will's the best. But I am impressed with Wilts And Rich, being an athlete, would, would be impressed with this too. So, Will ran a 4-6. Did you know that? That's pretty fast for a, a center. LeBron runs a 4 6. So yeah. Will runs as fast as LeBron a 40 yard dash. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And then um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was on it. And Will, Will benches 550 pounds in front of Arnold. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, Arnold was even saying, Who is this guy? Like, this guy's amazing. <laughs> well, I just think Will, well, don't forget, Will was a high jumper in uh, college, too. I just think Will is a very much underrated athlete. I think everyone goes with the, he was bigger than everyone else. Didn't realize all the other things he can do physically. But yeah. I mean, I would take LeBron over him, um, you know, because I see LeBron play more. So I probably would have to take LeBron over him. But I just think Will gets lost in the, uh, because he never really won a lot. Yeah. For one of those stats, he ain't got written. So, you know, people <laughs> don't really put him on that pedestal, you know. Yeah. Just for that, he only gets the 100. Yeah. Did you guys see? Well, what thing? Did you guys? Do you guys watch Game of Zones? I don't. Nah. Oh, you gotta watch it. Oh, um, Bleach Report. Okay, I'll check it out. They got Jordan coming back in this one. They got the and uh, I, I, I don't know if you ever watched Game of Thrones before. Have you ever watched that? I do. But there's yeah. these guys that are like the the walkers, the dead guys. Uh-huh. Not who Jordan is. They're like the walkers <laughs> are coming. <laughs> and it's Jordan Barkley, you and the dream team coming. I thought it was just well, very well written, man. So LeBron's yeah. making a team to beat them. 
it's uh, very well written. Some of the joke, uh, some of the jokes, they kill some people. Uh, some of these players must be really pissed off after watching Game of Zones because they really make fun of a lot of players. Like mm-hmm. this dude that Michael uh, uh, Russell Westbrook was asking a question, and of course they had the little uh, um, Durant. I say, come on, man, you never passed anything. <laughs> like they uh, crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, they go at each other hard with these uh, jokes. Man. Inside jokes, if you're an NBA fan, well, you really laugh. But I know players probably are not finding some of the stuff funny. So, like you just mentioned, the dream team. Can you imagine? I know you're a Charles Barkley fan. Can you imagine him with the conditioning that the players now get, like the recovery and all these different diets that that these guys get to make their bodies better and perform better? Can you imagine Charles Barkley on that regimen? Oh yeah, he's the same player. No, the same exact player. No, no way. Same player. No way. But he would. But he would have lasted longer. His career was cut short, if you notice, because he started getting all these injuries, because he had that little chubby build in the end. Where, where Carl in Malone. The end. In the end. He was done. He was he was fat. But he didn't die a lot. Moses Malone, Moses Malone yeah. got him down to remember he started 320. I think Moses Malone got him down to like 260. And he was like 260 for a few years there when he was dominating with the Sixers. Yeah. And I think he probably end up like 280 towards the end of his career. He got and to he Phoenix, and like I guess that. he was eating tacos in Phoenix, and he gained a lot. But in but, but if you know, but if you notice though, Carmel Malone, yeah. who's you know Mr. Workout, he lasted forever. And that was the difference between Barkley and Malone. That yeah. Malone took care of his body, and Barkley didn't. Yeah, but these guys now, these players now, they eat certain things. They got trainers that travel with them all the time, and they know they exactly. Uh, you know, their blood types and all the, the right training to do, the right things to eat for their body. So imagine, like, even a Jordan, even a Barkley, I think they would have performed a lot better with all these, these these new things that people do with their bodies now. I mean, I, I could see that, but it, it ain't going to change much. It's hard for Jordan to get any better. It ain't, <laughs> ain't, ain't going to change much. I mean, Jordan, so. <laughs> Jordan perfected the lost art of the yeah. mid-range jump shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know you can't stop him going to the basket, but now you gotta worry about him pulling up after driving hard on three dribbles. That's true. Yeah. This is just that's a lost art today. Now yeah. it's either a layup or three. Yeah. Yeah. And some of these dudes are really far too, man. Oh my god. Oh my god. I was looking at some Kevin Durant highlights and this guy he just goes two steps in from half court and starts shooting threes. It's crazy. No, Kevin Durant's in his class of his own. He's just that's shooting because he's like a seven footer. Like the only guys I can compare him to, they're gonna be back comparisons in terms of players like, but in terms of height, with Jimmy's, it's Dirk and Bird. Those mm. are the, I never seen guys shoot this tall. And maybe Bob McAdoo was Bob McAdoo was like six eleven too, right? Yeah. Is he, is he tall like that, Bob McAdoo? Like he might be that 10. tall, but definitely. Yeah. So you think of that Kevin Durant is six eleven, raising his arms above his head. Who's gonna block a shot that high? It's crazy. Or Dirk Nowitzki, you know. Yeah. I mean, Larry Bird, you could probably block it. He was slow. But Larry did have a high advantage in his day of a lot of people. You remember those days. Larry was tough cover because he was tall with a jump shot. So yeah. it was a tough cover besides everything else he could do. But, um, you know, tall guys with jump shots are really hard, man, to deal with, man. It's just because it's hard to block them. Yeah. Or if you get in their face to even make them even bother them. It's just, you know. And Durant go to home, dunk on you. Durant's an amazing player. Durant would be, you know, the second best player behind LeBron in LeBron's era, I say. I no. say LeBron's clear cut the best. I put Durant as the second best. So, who you put it, Steph Curry? Uh, I just <laughs> think that it's uh, 
it's, it's debatable. I, I don't think he's the clear-cut second uh, player because part of it is you got to stay on the floor. And uh, he hasn't been able to do that the last four years. True. But he's also, besides Kawhi, he's the only guy that stuck it to LeBron and beat him twice. I, I like Kawhi. I like Kawhi. I got him. MVPs in the championship. LeBron, and he was going at LeBron, remember. Because that big long three-pointer from five feet was in LeBron's grill. It was. But teams beat LeBron. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. The guys was averaging 40 in the finals, 30-something, high 30s in the finals. Almost Injuries beat LeBron, in the too. Finals. Injuries you know? beat LeBron, too, because that first year he lost Love and he lost Irving. Mm-hmm. And he had probably could have won that year. You did six, six games. Yeah, teams beat LeBron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But once they, but Golden State picked up Durant to beat LeBron. You understand that, right? Yeah. They didn't sure. think, they didn't feel like they could beat them anymore. Once LeBron beat them, they're like, oh, this ain't going to work out for us. So <laughs> they had to get Durant. To, yeah. no, that's how I really feel about it, to keep that edge on LeBron, because otherwise LeBron was going to be a problem for them. I tell people all the time that that Golden State team played two different ways. They play like juggernauts when they go up five points because they know they're playing with house money. So now all of a sudden they're taking these threes from half court. You know, they, they're not even looking at the rim when they're curling off of the screen and just letting it go. But they play a very different game when they're down five mm. or, or when the game is, is, is real close, down two, up two, with, with, with three minutes left. They play a very different game. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I watched that, what, 2016 Game 7 a couple of times. It just looked, they didn't look like themselves. They looked so tight. It was crazy. No, yeah, yeah. And uh, also one of those series, um, this guy was hurt a little. Um, what was it, Curry? He looked terrible on those. Remember, he, was, he, got, he missed the dunk. He got ribbed out of dunk in the middle of a championship, man. How embarrassing we, is that? But, we, but we're not doing that, though. We're not doing injuries because <laughs> we're not doing injuries because no, I gave LeBron, you injuries. LeBron I gave you injuries. Was, was I told playing you. With a, with, with a messed up elbow, remember? When he couldn't no, hit the free throws? No, like, no, What are we no. doing? What are we doing? No, what are we no, doing? Wait, wait, wait. You mean because you mean LeBron punched the wall because he yeah. walked past? I didn't, that's no, on his, him. His bro. elbow was messed up. No. Oh, he, he started wearing the sleeve. Yeah. See, I didn't bring up injuries. You did. We no, don't have to what do I'm saying injuries. is that what I said was at first the first injury I said was I gave love to LeBron first. I said that I personally feel that that first chip that he lost to these guys, if uh, Love and I and Irving play, they win that chip. They didn't. They, they, you know what? I think I think Love was out the whole series. I think Irving played game one, right? Yeah, yeah he got the block on carry. Right, and he got and he got hurt after that. Right. I really feel that because LeBron balled. Um, he played great. He gave him all the love in the world. He was by himself, basically against these dudes. And every game was close. And he can, could have pulled the flu out if he had some help. He just had no help. The second one wasn't as good, though. Uh, whatever. But then they got the red. It was hard for him because at that point, they just were a better team because they had more chips. You know what I mean? How many, how many they had just more p- good players around him than LeBron did? And Le- LeBron bought, you know, two very depleted Cleveland teams the last two times, right? I mean, no love. No, everyone was hurt. He was by himself. They made all these trades late in the year. Picking up um what Larry Nance Jr. just all these weird things they did in the end. Right there. So, and yeah, yeah, I, I I just feel that LeBron, like you said, uh, the Golden had a better team. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's tough, but me, I'm, I'm going with the uh, Jordan's the best, and 
LeBron is still is to be determined. I said we keep it at that. <laughs> to be determined, man. ESPN came out with with some type of poll. Allegedly, they they polled like six hundred people between the ages of eighteen and uh, thirty four, and then uh, uh, 30, uh, 35 and above, comparing LeBron and Jordan uh, impact on the court, impact off the court, uh, who wants like teammates want to play with them and all these other things. And it was a, a runaway landslide on Jordan's part. And I don't think that that's true. I think it's a hundred percent true. I think it's a hundred percent true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, a, it was a ESPN thing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think all these top guys in any sport, Tom Brady, you name them, they got this little edge, but they could be like rude assholes. I mean, I, I think they all are. I think LeBron could be a dick when he wants to be a dick too. I think LeBron maybe isn't as much of an asshole as Jordan. It seems like Jordan could really like, you know, get into people's skin and really be mean about things. And I know it's for, for a reason that he says <laughs> to toughen them up, so they could, you know, be in the playoffs. Like, I got that to go to the battles and everything. But, but I mean, I mean, I, I don't really know if people really want to play with Michael Jordan like, like that. <laughs> the way, the no, way I'm looking that, at it. You know what I'm trying to say? So, I think they did. I don't know who made that poll. Maybe they should have pulled the players that play with Michael Jordan. <laughs> and the yeah. poll came out a lot different. I have a funny feeling. Even though, you know, in the Jordan series, and this is what I told before you came in average, I told um, me and, um, you know, Jay talking about it, and I told them, only way that Jordan gets win because he wins. You can't act like a dick if you lose. So this is kind of like, I don't know. You know, because no, you, you, no one would want to be on your team because you ain't winning anyway. You can only get away with it because he wins. But I, I don't think you'd be a dick if you if you're losing. I think at some point losing, well, are, losing, losing will humble <laughs> you. Losing will humble you. You would think <laughs> they, they definitely exist. Yes, they <laughs> I'm yeah. sure there were guys that would play for money. You know, to be on the court and like not really care about winning. And tell their players that you know, not, I don't mind here for that. I mean, it's just to my paycheck, you know. I'm sure no players like that. Yeah, I'm sure. Years, you know what I'm saying? Play. I'm sure no players like Jordan that sucked, but that had the heart like Jordan that wanted to win really bad and busted their ass. You know, personality and uh, work ethic nothing to do with your skill level. Mm. And you've seen many under under you know players aren't that good work hard to get to the NBA because they had that work ethic, and yeah. some great players in the NBA that didn't tap into their work ethic and ain't around no more. Well, well, I like to say, like, as far as the comparing uh, Jordan and and LeBron, I look at who got paid. Mm -hmm. You got a lot of nobodies that got paid being LeBron's teammate. (laughs) Nobody got paid as Jordan's teammate. Maybe after... Well, he had the same teammates the whole time. He didn't get on two teams. Yeah, exactly. Pippen and all subpar players. They, they, Pippen, but Pippen, Pippen admitted that he did a bad contract, so you can't count that. And Dennis Robin was getting paid. And I'm sure Steve Kerr got, got jerked, though. Horace Grant got, Horace Grant deserved the money. Yeah. They didn't want to pay Horace Grant. He deserved the money. They didn't want to pay him, man. That's why he left. He went to Orlando. But, but I mean, it, it, for his day, he's not a great player, but for his day, he was one of the best consistent forwards in the game, rebound the death Defend, listen, listen to what we're saying. Worth the money. And then a terrible year without him, you see. Listen to what we're saying, though. Yeah. Matthew Deladova, Tristan Thompson, Booby Gibson. These are players that got paid 
because of LeBron. Well, not because LeBron, because there's a step on the, on the scale and they can't pay them lower by certain career numbers yeah. now. Yeah. Remember, they signed that contract where every three years you make up, you can't make less than nine saying, million. Yeah. After five years, you can't. That's why all these bum I'm dudes sure are making Steve a lot Kerr, of money. Steve Kerr probably, probably made more than he should have. Collective bargaining. Steve Kerr probably if you're in the league seven years, you, there's a minimal contract they can only pay you guys. Every yeah, year there's veteran, a, a step. Which is a million. Veterans minimum some is, is like 1.4 million. There's some guys making some terrible money in this league that making a lot of money ain't doing shit. <laughs> then there's some players that are extremely underpaid. Yeah. But we're talking Booby Gibson here. Like, let's, let's keep it a buck. <laughs> let's, let's keep it for real. We're talking right. Booby Gibson here. You can't compare him to a Steve Kerr. You can't compare him nah, to not a, at all. I agree. Horace Grant. I agree. A, a Tony Kukoc. DJ Armstrong. Yeah, come on, what are we doing here? People got paid because LeBron liked them, and they said, you know what? Let me pay this guy because LeBron oh, I might see stay. Right, 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 right. I see. Um, yeah, yeah, what's the, yeah. what's the kid? Shabazz Napier gets drafted by uh, Miami because LeBron liked the article that he wrote in the Players' Tribune when he was talking about college players uh, eating ramen noodles at night and I just won a championship and I can't even afford to eat. I got to go eat ramen noodles. That's true. LeBron likes him, but in Miami, do draft him. Kid been in the league ever since. That's true. Yeah, but he's also good. <laughs> LeBron. No, he's LeBron all right. Get, look, LeBron may get in the gig, but he got he to keep the gig. He's all right. <laughs> he plays for Portland now, right? Yeah, I, I believe so, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a point. So, fellas, I, I know it's, it's getting late. There you have it. Uh, cool conversation with some great brothers. Uh, we got to do a part two, uh, especially with what has been going on in the country. So, want to get these guys back on. Um, we got Rich and Professor P. Uh, definitely a lot of fun. But um, I hope you guys are trying to also process and, and keep your head up and stay prayerful and stay attentive and pray for the family of George Floyd and the family of all the victims and um things will get better right right now we're going through some craziness and it's not explainable I'm not gonna even try to get into what the why I, certain things is just unexplainable and um, certain things is going to have to fix it, itself. Some things, there's a, there, are, in my opinion, there are some phenomenons that, um, like life comes in and and fixes it. There's some things that's just that's around and some thought processes that have to change and I think life is going to change it I don't think legislation is going to change it I don't think uh, you know a positive speech is going to change it I think life um, changes it uh, and, and people evolve and I think the country is going through an evolution and people have been talking about a revolution but I think it's going to it's going through an evolution and um, I'm positive about it, right? I, I'm right now is not the, the the best time, but I feel the outcome 
will be positive in the end in years to come we will be probably be looking at these times and saying uh you know look how far we've come so i think in you know in another five years i think we'll be in a better place um that's my takeaway uh thank you guys for listening of course um like I said earlier, get on the website so you can sign up for the email list, averagej.com. Get on that email list. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and all of your podcasting platforms. And I'll talk to you guys later, man. Just keep your head up and stay positive. All right. Talk to you guys later.